we want to start and um, i'll ask that we close our eyes for prayer beverly can you pray for us to start Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We give you all the glory and adoration. We thank you for your protecting us all today. I pray that as we are about to start Bible study, to help us just think in what we're about to learn and use it in our daily lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, for some time, we've been studying the book of Mark, and we've been in chapter one. But um, I want us to pause kind of our studies on the book of Mark and look at some questions that usually people ask, some very key questions people ask. And um, let's see where that will lead us, because I'm sure that will bring us to a lot of the conversations that we've been talking about in the book of Mark. And and that way we can engage and I can get everyone to be talking more than me alone doing all the talking. Because as you can tell, I'm already tired. I want you guys to talk, not me. So, today, we'll be looking at... Um, first question so seven big questions we are looking at and the seven questions are are these the first one does life have a purpose does life have a purpose and then the second question is is there a God and the third one why does God allow pain and suffering and the fourth question is, is Christianity too narrow? Number five, is Jesus really God? And number six, is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible reliable? Is the Bible reliable? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Is the Bible reliable? And then number seven, can I know God personally? Can I know God personally? So we'll start with um, the first question. Does life have a purpose? Does life have a purpose? What do you think now we have Nick and uh, Beverly and Michaela on the line so I'm gonna go around see what each one thinks and then we will listen to some audio or uh, if you are if you had connected online you'll see the video but then we'll listen to it and then we'll talk about it okay so first, let me hear you, Nick. Does life have a purpose? Um, yeah. Because God created all of us for a purpose. Because God did what? God created all of us for a purpose. He had a reason to make us. Because God created us for a purpose. Can, 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 you, can we still find purpose in life if we don't bring God into the picture? Is it possible? 
you will say no okay now let me hear out Beverly does life have a purpose I agree with Nick. Life has a purpose. You agree with Nick. Life has a purpose. Okay. Why do you say that? Because, like he said, God created us for a purpose. There's not like no reason for us being on this earth, you know? Okay. God created us for a purpose. Otherwise there's, no, otherwise, there's no reason for us being here. So you also bring God into the explanation? Yes. You don't think we can have a purpose in life without bringing God into the story? No. Okay. Let me hear Michaela. Does life have a purpose? Um, I do believe that life has a purpose for everyone because... Like, this is the Bible even, like, the Bible says, for the final plans I have for you, if God didn't have plans for us, like, God having plans for us means that we have a purpose in life. So you're quoting Jeremiah 29, 11, and yes, you're saying God has a purpose for us, so life has a purpose. That's what you're exactly. saying. Okay. So you're also saying that life, can't have a purpose if we don't bring God into the story? Like, everyone that doesn't use what God has given them for the purpose in life is kind of just useless. And their, their, like, their purpose would be for the devil, not for God. So I guess you could have a purpose to God, but it's not what you were trying for. Okay. Okay. Uh, I see there's uh, someone who has joined us. Who is it? Anel, you're welcome. We're looking at seven How big. How did you know? How did you know? <laughs> what? How did you can you know me? Because I heard your voice. Really? Didn't you say? And you said your name. You said Anel, right? No, that was me. No, that was Beverly. Oh. Okay, so that was coincidence, Anel. I thought I had Anel. But uh, maybe Beverly just knew that it was you. Beverly is, um, she has a crystal ball somewhere. <laughs> I kick? <laughs> maybe it's the good kind of crystal ball. Amen. Well, Anel, we're talking about does life have a purpose? What do you think? Uh, yeah, life has a purpose. And why? Um, because if God created us, that means He created us to do something. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you also you also think that we cannot really explain the purpose of life without bringing God into the picture? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into... Oh, wait, without bringing God into the picture? Right. 
If we take God out of the picture, will life have a purpose? I don't know. You don't know? No, no, like no. No, okay, okay. Well, let's go through our discussion today. Let's see what we will end up saying. Um, I'm going to play a video. No, I hope you, you see it, um, but you guys all never joined online, so you won't see it, but you can listen. Okay, try and listen. First, I'll start to play it, and then I'll find out if you are hearing. Okay, I think Nick has joined online. Good. All right, so... Just give me a moment here. Can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear? Um, yeah. I feel like for the longest time, my my purpose was to but convince people that I'm good enough, convince people that I'm really talented, convince people that they should like me. Um, can you? Can you? Can you, can you, can you Okay. okay. <laughs> yep, let me try this one. Can you hear? people that if they make fun of me I will punch them okay can you hear me hello hello Alright, so I'm going to play it again one more time. Sorry about that. It's always the first time. Let me know if you hear. Um, I, I feel like for the longest time... Can you hear? I feel like for the longest time, my, my purpose was to convince people that 
I'm good enough, convince people that okay. I'm really talented, convince people that they should like me, um, convince people that if they make fun of me, I will punch them. I think American culture teaches us to make it happen. I mean, if you're going to be successful, you just got to make it happen. So it's all about it. Your, the strength of your inertia moving forward or higher. I think that's exhausting. We all wonder about our place in life. You know, maybe it's because we're different or maybe it's because we feel like we're the exact same as everybody else. I think that our world is becoming more and more complex um, and, and our lives are becoming more and more accelerated. I think we're all trying to find, as human beings, meaning in all of our technological devices and gadgets how we spend our time. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at how much time we Americans spend just watching television and screens. And um, this larger question of like, does this have any purpose? Like, what are we, what are we here for? There was a famous little book written really short called Here is New York by E.B. White. And he said, what makes New York, New York is three kinds of people. Number one, you get a, a person who's from New York. They are natives and they hardly even notice the city. You get locusts, they're people who basically live outside of the city but consume its resources. And then the last person is the person who moves here with personal ambition because they need a world stage for their perceived greatness to be realized. Los Angeles, for the most part, is about the veneer of beauty, but New York is about the pursuit of power. People take, they reroute their longing for God and they just channel it towards something else. They invest with holy religious zeal. Uh, the same things that Christians or religious people do into religion, they invest that into their careers or their relationships or their parenting or whatever else that is. One of the most popular rock songs of all time is Mick Jagger's song, I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> and um, gosh, I really relate to that. For a long time, I just had this gnawing sense that if I could just discover the right thing, if I could just maybe get a better job or have enough financial blessing or find the right person that loved me or um, maybe even have the right kids with the right accolades so I could put the bumper sticker on the back of my car, my kid's a straight A student, rah, and then I'd feel satisfied. The problem with answering, is there a purpose for our lives, is that the question itself is driven by what I call utilitarian pragmatism, where we have to define everything and reduce it to a manageable piece before we can begin to play and explore. And as an artist, I don't do that. I start with a question and I leave it unanswered. Uh, so many times I don't have an answer for why I am doing a particular piece of work or why I'm involved in, in, in a particular way of approaching my community or uh, my marriage or lives of our children. But I'm comfortable with the mystery um, and, and the open-endedness of that question. So um, I, I often work backwards and um, I try to find a purpose 
at the end of the journey rather than at the beginning. My son and I were working on a Pinewood Derby car over the last couple of months. We worked super hard. We sanded and, you know, cut the, the wood and painted it and polished the wheels and made the pinstripe. And, you know, you think about all the things that are wrapped up in that small little 20 hour project. Um, you know, like, here's the goal. Here's where we're headed. Here are the tools we need to do this. The bonding and the relationship and the, the apprenticeship from, you know, me to him to use the drill press and to use the different tools. Um, like this idea of like having something is like, it, it brought us together in a way that was, was really cool. And when you think about like our larger purpose and you think about like how our lives are, are being lived, um, you know, is it possible that we're like God, like, 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 like God's working with us to do some sort of project in the world, to, 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 to do something good, to, to enjoy each other together during that process. It feels like to understand even a small little project like a Pinewood Derby car, you, you, you get the idea that our lives were made for some sort of purpose. You know, I think, I think we each have a role to play in the world and that part of that role that we're supposed to be here kind of fixing things that are broken that part of our purpose is to participate with god who wants to see things that are um, wrong made right uh, that are injustice made just uh, and i think each of us have a pretty unique story to play out within that uh, and, it, and a lot of it comes down to understanding our own story if we lay our life out if we look at all the pieces of our lives where we were born, the suffering that we've been through, the gifts that we have, the personality that we have, the the places that that God's led us now, the places that we work, the things we do with our free time. If, if you just lay all of that out, all of a sudden, you start to look really unique. And I think that God wants us to see the pieces of our lives that, that He's given us that we have that are unique. And in that time and place with our gifting, with our personality, use us. No man knows his purpose until he knows the person who created him. I think people can't be fulfilled in what they're doing in life until they find the purpose that God has for them. I had a friend in my life who I not so affectionately called my Bible friend. She was all the time giving me Bible verses and honestly it just <laughs> it got on my nerves. I thought, how could one person have access to so many Bible verses? Like, if I had a headache, she had a verse for that. But one day, she gave me this verse, and it was Jeremiah 29:11. It said, "Right, I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you, not to harm you; plans to give you a hope and a future." And gosh reading that verse and thinking, I thought my whole life that I was a throwaway person, so this verse doesn't really apply to me, but I read it over and over and over, and something just deep down in my heart started stirring, and I read the verse again and just put my name in it, you know, for I know the plans I have for you, Lisa, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and for the first time in my life I thought maybe 
maybe, even though I was a throwaway person to my real dad, maybe God looks at me a little bit differently. And maybe I should try this God thing. I didn't know the right words to say. I didn't know what to do. So I just lifted my hands up and I just said, yes, yes. And I guess not to make it over simple, but I've pretty much just been saying yes to God ever since. And I think ultimately that's my purpose. Okay. Are you guys still there? Yeah. How was the sound? Did you hear it clearly? Okay. So we will. I I I want to find out from you. Um any of you let, let, at least let one person share what story in in this video or audio for you guys what story did you most identify with i mean these are people who are trying to answer the question that i asked you is there purpose to life what could you most identify with Are you there? Um. Were you listening, though? Um, I was kind of doing my homework and listening at the same time. <laughs> Which homework yeah. are you working on? Chemistry. Philosophy. Maybe this might help you. Um. Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention. Yep. Who was paying attention? Was Michaela or Beverly paying attention? should have stopped me then that's okay I'll tell you I'll tell you um, what some of the particularly for me one of the things that struck me was the artist there was this artist who he his answer to the question is there meaning to life his point was being an artist he doesn't really mind not having an answer for questions when they are asked because he would rather when he starts drawing or painting or doing whatever artwork he's working on he starts from a, a place of unknown 
and doesn't bother him if he doesn't know the answer and he'll keep working his way through till at the end when it all pieces together and it all comes together and boom all of a sudden it all makes sense so kind of taking what he's saying he's essentially saying doesn't really matter whether life has meaning or not um i don't really care i'll figure it out i'll just go through life and at the end i'll let the meaning speak for itself at the end right now the end can be in his old age or the end can be when he dies when he dies all of a sudden he'll find the answer and it will all make sense to him now if you were to meet someone who thinks like this what would you say to the person Michaela Yeah. I don't know. What could I say? What? I really do not know. You you really don't know. Hmm. After all, yes. What will I say? I know what I'll say. Yeah. I'm trying to probe your your thoughts. What I'll say, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I'll say, but let me see what you will say, Nick. I don't know either. You don't know. Hmm. Okay. So this is someone you meet and he's telling you I'll rather find out at the end I don't really care what life means now. I'll rather find out at the end. The question then will be Sorry. Can I know that? Yeah, I can hear you. What were you saying? Okay. If you have a mindset like that that I I mean, it's better to live a life expecting something and not have that something happen than to like live how you want and then the thing that you didn't expect to happen actually ends up happening. Right. Happening. You basically miss out. Right. Now it's a very, it's a very important question because a lot of people that you will come across are like that. They are indifferent. They really don't care. I mean, we're asking the question, what's the meaning of life? Is there meaning to life? What's the purpose of life? Yeah, if you find people who really um, are interested in the purpose of life, then yeah, you have an easy conversation. But when you meet people who are indifferent, like this artist, don't really care. I mean, I, I don't care what I mean, whether there's purpose to life or whether there's meaning to life. I don't really care. I, I guess I'll find out. Like you meet people when you ask them, is there God? Or do you believe in God? And they're like, I don't really care whether the, there is a God or there is no God. I, I guess I'll find out when I die. Right? And when you encounter people like that, like how you engage them becomes challenging. Right? And the only way 
that you can begin a conversation with such people is from your own experience of God, from your own experience of um, meaningfulness in life. If at some point in your life you found yourself in a place where life was without meaning and then God came into the picture and then you found meaning for your life, then you could easily share that as an experience to this person. Doesn't necessarily mean that they will easily agree with you or change their mind, but you sow a seed into their thoughts to begin to think about life. You know, if we look critically now at life itself, what life is involved with, what what goes into life. I want us to read a scripture in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 from verse 12 to verse 18. Um, who will read for us? Ecclesiastes. I have two people who have joined us. Um, can you introduce yourselves? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Okay. Nine oh five seven nine four. Okay, Irina, and then who is the nine oh five number? All right, let's go on. Uh, who will read Ecclesiastes chapter one? Beverly, can you read for me? Okay. Yep. Okay, it says. Hold on. Sorry. I don't make it easy. It says, I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom of all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun, and all of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking what is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, Look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this is a chasing after the wind for with much wisdom comes much sorrow the more knowledge the more grief amen amen uh, this is a interesting scripture you know the one who wrote this scripture this is solomon king solomon he was the richest or wealthiest man that lived in his time and solomon if you remember um, as a boy had a dream god came to him in a dream saying ask me whatever you want and I'll give to you. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And so God gave him wisdom. He became very wise. Through his wisdom, he became very great. Had lots of wealth. He could do many things. He explored many things. A lot of um, things in science. If you read uh, the historical records, 
um, Solomon explored a lot of scientific truths and facts during his time. Um, we read of the book of Proverbs, many wise sayings. Solomon was the one that wrote them. He explored many things in life, right? And he is saying in, in this book, he's trying to explore this question that we're asking. Is there a purpose to life? I mean, having gotten everything that pretty much everybody would want to have in life, that people are chasing for, people are dying for, Solomon has had it all and he begins to ask himself the question is there meaning to life like what's the what's the point of all this right so that's what we've just read about where he says I applied my mind verse 13 I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens and as he looked critically at it he he comes to the conclusion that whoa this is a heavy burden on mankind and what burden is that? Almost running after the wind. It's like chasing for nothing. Chasing nothing. I mean, how would you feel or what would you think of a person when you see him on the road running after something and you ask him, what are you running after? And he tells you, I'm trying to catch the wind. Right? You would think of such a person as they've lost their mind. Like, why are you trying to catch the wind? You can never catch the wind. Right? I want to read you some few quotes of people who believe that life has no meaning. That life is meaningless. And that's what we are all here for. We'll just live and die like the animals. And this is what such people think, okay? People who think that life has no meaning. There is this um, atheist. How many of you have heard of Richard Dawkins? Not I. Okay. Who else? I haven't. Okay. Michaela, has, have you heard of Richard Dawkins? No, I've heard of Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> you heard of Stephen Hawkins, right? Not Richard Dawkins. Who else? Who has heard of Richard Dawkins or not heard of him? I want to hear the voice of everyone on the call. Anel? And Nell is doing her homework. No, I was talking to my dad. Okay. Have you heard of Richard Dawkins? Who? Richard Dawkins. Yeah. You heard I of him? Yeah. He's a very famous atheist in the yeah. in the UK. Now he said something. Listen carefully, okay? Because he's he's. English is quite complex, so just listen carefully. During the minute it takes me to compose this sentence, thousands of animals are being eaten alive. Others are running for their lives, whimpering with fear. Others are being slowly devoured from within by rasping 
parasites. Thousands of all kinds are dying of starvation, thirst, and disease. In a universe of blind physical forces and genetic replication, some people are going to get hurt. Other people are going to get lucky. And you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is, at bottom, no design, no purpose, no evil, and no good. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Now that ends his quote. Did you guys get it? Or you want me to explain yeah. it? You got it? No, I get it. Yeah, I get it. You oh. get it. Okay, can you paraphrase it? So, is he basically saying that since, like, animals are, like, um, like, some of them are eating other animals and some of them are, um, like, rich, like, running for their lives or whatever? That's all I got, really. Yeah. Does he mean, like, we all... Yeah, you're on the right path. Like, we all, there's no, like, everything just comes and goes, I guess. Yep. Is it kind of like that? Yeah. It's not like God is controlling anything. It's just the natural process. Right. It's oh. Essentially. Well, that's that. kind of, why are you comparing us to animals? That's, that's his, that's, I mean, he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. So, he has to find a way to explain. No, but like, even, even as an atheist, why do you believe that? We're the same as animals. Well, Aren't we at the top of the food chain? Right. We're part of the food chain. Aren't we? I mean, your science, text, your science textbook will tell, will tell you that um, Homo sapiens are just another... We're just part of the animal kingdom. No, but we're at the top. Yes, we're at the top, but we're still part of the food chain. Oh, okay. Right? We're still part of it, but um, it's like saying the lion is the king of the uh, forest, but he's still an animal. So, essentially, what he's saying is that human beings are no different from animals. Now, what are your thoughts on that, um, Nick? Do you, do you think human beings are no different from animals? That I mean, just like animals, they live, they eat, they grow, they die, and that's it. And so, for us human beings, what is why? Why would we think it should be different for us? Why would you disagree with him or agree with him? I don't know. I mean, the only reason you would disagree with him is if you believed in God. I can't really see a way of explaining that without revolving, without like God being a part of the answer. Right. Now, he doesn't believe in God and he gives this explanation for life, right? So, if we are to li just listen to what he's saying and look at 
what is happening in life do we feel that what he's saying explains well what is happening in life like for instance look at what he's saying here he's saying some people are going to get hurt other people are going to get lucky and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it nor any justice so he's saying there's no justice right and at another place he says there is no purpose no evil no good right so there's no good and there's no evil which means that if i see a baby in a rubbish dump and i pick up the baby and help the baby feed the baby to grow up becomes a good citizen and compared to this other person who all they do is to look for babies and kill them and eat them up he's saying between me and this other person there's no difference because there's no evil and there's no good is that really the case in life does his position think, explain it like that like even without like Oh, okay. I feel like even without that, like, there's a justice system. Like, in terms of what you said about the baby and how a person eats them, obviously, I guess society would condemn that person that ate the babies or killed the babies more than the person that, uh, I forgot the other one, but yeah. Right. So, so you see that his position like he says it's there that we are like animals. I mean, if you go to the animal kingdom, right? The lion that eats the sheep, there's no justice or whatever involved there. I mean, you can have a lion even eat up his own cub. And there is no accountability to the lion, right? There is no putting that lion in jail. So... It's from that that he's extrapolating to us human beings that look, we are like the animals. There'll be good, there'll be evil, but they all, they don't. There's no good, there's no sign that's good and evil. Some people just get lucky, and others um, are just unfortunate. But there's no reason for good things happening to you or bad things happening to you. It's all just coincidence, and life is just meaningless. And we're all like the animals. I mean, it's easy for him to say that in, like, as an intellectual or on paper, but practically in life, whatever he's saying doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because we're not like the animals. We're not like the animals. If a lion chews up his baby, it's never the same when a human being kills his child and eats his child up. Do you get it? Yeah. It's never the same. And what makes it different is the idea of God. You know, because God made us. I mean, we understand from the Bible, God created us in his own image. And that's what sets human beings apart from animals. Which the one who doesn't want to believe in God, because he doesn't believe in God, they find it difficult to really explain the reality of life okay now my time is up time is up here i i don't want to because i know you guys are in school doing school work so i don't want to go over the time but uh, the discussion is just starting to get interesting for me and the really 
key things that um, uh, are in the pipeline for me to talk about, but I want to pause here. We'll pick it up. I want you to um, begin to think critically. I mean, it's easy. See, I don't want you guys to just blindly say, yeah, I believe in God. Um, I believe there's meaning to life and whatever, and not be able to explain it to someone when you meet them. Like when you meet the artist, that you be able to explain it to the artist and begin to challenge them even on their position. If you were to meet Richard Dawkins, for instance, and he, and he makes this very empty statement. Really, it's very empty. doesn't mean anything. Whatever he's saying, but just put words together. It does, it's meaningless. But I want you to be armed enough to be able to critically analyze what is said and say, no, what are you saying that there is no good, there is no evil, that there is no justice? No, there is justice. If somebody rapes a young woman, that is evil. And there has to be justice done to that person, whether in this life or even if not in this life, after this life, there has to be an existence of justice that will put that person in the place they belong. Okay, so we'll talk more about this um, in the coming weeks. Now, one thing I also want to do, I want to get um, you guys sending me some questions that you would want me to um, address as we look at some of these questions. Like, essentially, I want to answer lots of questions that you are likely to encounter when you talk to somebody or that you yourself may have. So please feel free and send me um, questions, okay? Or you have questions from your friends, just send, send, send to me. Let's talk about it. Okay. Anybody has any question whilst we wrap up? Okay. I still haven't heard from this person with a 905 number. Who is it? 905-794-1997. It's me, Pastor Sterl. Vanessa? No, it's Sarah. Sarah! Sarah! Hi. Good to have you. You came and you're hiding there quietly. No, I was doing something. You're doing something, okay. That's good. Now, next week, um, please, I want you to invite a friend. Talk to someone. Give them the number. It's the same number. The number won't change. Give the number to a friend. Ask them to call in. Ask them to come with questions. Next week, we'll pick up from where we've, we've, we've ended in looking at... Um, is there meaning to life? But I'll quickly wrap that up and we will jump into does God exist? Does God exist? Because you'd realize that you cannot really explain the question, is there meaning to life without bringing God into the picture? Okay, but whenever somebody asks you, is there meaning to life? Realize, try to show them that life is meaningless without God. And life can only get its meaning from God. Now, the person who thinks that, no, we don't need God to explain life. Life is meaningless, period. We don't need God. God is out of the picture. Try to show them that, no, the reality of experience 
and what we encounter there is meaning in life there is meaning when the mother hears the cry of the little baby when when it's given birth to there's meaning in the things that we encounter in life and we need god to explain it as we see um, in life all right let's pray since sarah this is your first time joining us why don't you pray and close us Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for letting some people come on the line tonight, Lord. And whatever we've learned today, Lord, help us to keep it in our minds and keep it in our hearts for the rest of our lives, Lord. I pray, Lord, that next week that you'll bring more people to come online so that they can also um, be engaged in this this, this discussion and learn something as well. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all, okay? Let me, let me actually pronounce a blessing over all of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask your blessing to rest upon every one of these. Open their minds as they study for school. Reveal yourself to them in their dreams. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine on you. The Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.